Tuesday episode of the Tony G Show set to get going. There is no Thursday show this week. Mm-hmm. Will and I are giving each other a break. I need a break from you. Yeah, um, I'm getting a little tired of you. I, am, I mean, you walked into Tony G Studios today, and I just got mad. <laughs> I just punched a hole through We didn't have golf this morning? I know. We're done with it. No it's more sad. golf updates. Which would have been a beautiful day for golf, by it the way. It was a beautiful morning. Last week was horrible. It's okay. Whatever, man. I mean... We can't control it. It's just our luck. You know, yeah. do we get luck to have time to ourselves and have fun? No. We've got the same luck as the Brewers have with their pitchers. That is exactly... As a matter of fact, I broke my hand when you walked into the studio because I punched <laughs> the wall. And now I can't play in the playoffs. Mm, what does that sound like? Don't forget, tomorrow, just because we're not going to have a Thursday show of the Tony G Show, tomorrow we are also going to have some more content to release. That is the Tim Coughlin interview. I've started to advertise that over social media. I think I mentioned that. On uh, Thursday's show last week for the Tony G Show, Tim Coughlin's interview. I mean, that was awesome. One of the better interviews I think we've ever done. It was great. The final product that we have is 61 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's just... It's packed. Unbelievable. It's a dense episode. It is awesome. So that's going to release Wednesday morning. And usually I release that at noon on Wednesdays. But the reason that's going to be done on Wednesday morning and published and released to the public is because... St. Norbert College has a fall break coming up at the end of this week. So for people going home Wednesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday is the final day of classes until next Monday. So for people going home on Wednesday. It's a requirement to listen to It's go required home. if you want to get back into uh, St. Yep. Norbert College. You have to listen either on your ride home or your <laughs> ride back from home. So that was the whole purpose, so that you could listen to it. Um, <laughs> it's a requirement, yep. It's, yep. it's yep. a new graduation thing. It is. Specifically Listen. this episode, and if you miss it on Wednesday, you're done. Not the other Tony G Show interviews. Not that they aren't as good or aren't as great, but just this one just randomly got selected. Get some it. random boost in our numbers. It's required, yes. <laughs> Again, no show on Thursday. We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, today's show, this Tuesday, going to talk about MLB regular and postseason. Going to give my predictions of award winners, my predictions of the postseason bracket, and everything all postseason as it starts tonight. Yankees, Red Sox. AL wildcard. That'll just be an insane matchup. I can't wait to watch that. So with the postseason kicking off today, and by the time we come back for our next episode of the Tony G Show, the Milwaukee Brewers will have begun their postseason run, and I will have gray hairs by the time the next Tony G Show (laughs) um, is released and recorded. So either way, postseason, all things Banger League Baseball in the first segment today. Then we're going to talk about the Jaguars. Uh, (laughs) ah, Oh, boy. Oh, Will. Oh, Will. Over the weekend, the Jaguars are... Wow, are in some deep trouble. Yeah. Not only did they lose. They lost bad. They lost bad. They lost in more than one way. Yes, that's <laughs> a great way to put it. It wasn't just the on-field thing, but it was off the field. Almost Madison. worse on the off-field side of things. It arguably is. <laughs> and they're 0-4 this season on the field. So that just goes to show you how bad they actually are. What do you think, Will? Should we get into today's episode? Yes, sir. Don't forget, at the back end of the episode, I forgot to mention this. I mean, I went through the first two segments, and I'm ready to get the show going. How about the third segment? Going to recap Tony G's Picks of the Week, and since there is no Thursday show, we are going to have more Tony G Picks of the Week. Big episode. Tim Coughlin tomorrow. Excited for it. Yeah. I'm excited for you to listen to it, too. Yeah, Will I... did a great job producing it again, by the way. Sounded good. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I mean, if there's an award winner for producer, which I think uh, you can win an <laughs> Emmy for that type of stuff. Thanks, man. Uh, I... I don't know who Emmy is, but take a look at where I'm going. <laughs> you like that one? Get out. <laughs> You're done. The joke did not land. All right, Tony G Show. You're listening to The Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Season 7, Episode 9. I mean, we only do 25 regular season episodes. We're moving. I mean, we are. Crazy. Semester's moving. Yeah, it is. You know that it. I have a midterm this week. Midterm. I've had four. <laughs> Okay, you got four of them. You have a little more rough than I do. I had. I, I'm done now. Oh, okay. I'm past that. See, but the point is is that it's the midway point of the semester yeah. already for us in college. It's getting ridiculous. Getting close to that halfway mark it's of the season. Of our college, collegiate career. 
I mean, we're past the halfway mark of, the, of our senior year. Of our senior year, yes. Wow, time is just cruising away. Let's enjoy it while we can. Mm-hmm. What do you say? We have a good episode here. Yeah. Okay. We'll Major try. League Baseball, regular and postseason. All we can do is try well. A lot of people have been asking my opinion on this because, you know, we have such a mess. <laughs> the look you gave me right when I said that, Will. The look you gave me, you're like, no, we don't. No one's asking you. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's that, that, we got like five or a two. A lot of people are, I mean, people have been writing letters to us and yep. emailing us. Our mailbox is full. <laughs> the, <laughs> the fan mail we get is just off the Our charts. fax machine's been going crazy. <laughs> Uh, goofiness on the Tony G show so far. A lot of people have been asking for it, apparently. As long as I say, no one can prove me wrong. Award winners. We'll start with the MVP. This is the hot button uh, topic that a lot of people have been asking for. Uh, again, a lot of people have been discussing about this. The MVP. AL, I think it's pretty clear that's going to be Shohei Otani. The guy is next world talent. He is a better Babe Ruth. I mean, in, in all the years of Major League Baseball, and even before it was Major League Baseball, nobody thought that there was going to be another... Babe Ruth mm-hmm. that could do it both hitting and they could do it on the mound as well. Shohei Otani is doing it at an exceptional level in a generation of baseball that is the most talented ever. So what are some of the stats he put up this season? A 9-2 and record, a 3-1-8 earned run average, a 109 whip, 156 strikeouts and only 44 walks and 130 innings pitched. His war, 9 wins above replacement this season, that's the best in Major League Baseball. That's on the mound. Not to mention, when he steps into the batter's box, batting 257, that's about midway, 103 runs scored, 46 home runs, 100 RBIs, not to mention the speed of 26 stolen bases. I think the numbers on both sides, the talent that he has had, there's no question, Shohei Otani is going to be the AL MVP this season. What a lot of people were expecting him to be, the amount of money that the Angels paid for him, and a lot of people were a lot of teams are also interested in paying that amount of money for him. He has shaped up to be a may, uh, just the most valuable player mm-hmm. this season. Hard to replace. On the NL side, it's a little more fishy. Because I think a lot of people are interested in a few different players. The one I'm going to go with, though, is Juan Soto. Outfielder for the Washington Nationals. And he's very young. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still early 20s, too. So, I mean, he's got he's probably got more of these to come in his future. This season batted 313, 29 home runs, 95 runs batted in, nine stolen bases as well, and plays a good defense, has a good arm. I don't. A lot of people were talking about Fernando Tatis this year, even Bryce Harper. It's interesting this season because all the MVP candidates in the NL are of teams that are not in the postseason. Whereas in past years, you know, the one that always sticks out to me is the Ryan Braun, Matt Kemp situation in, mm-hmm. in 2011, where both guys had. Valuable seasons, MVP type seasons, and it seems as though the deciding factor was that the Brewers got into the postseason. The Dodgers did not. That's why Ryan Braun got the MVP over Matt Kemp. You don't have that type of situation this year. None of these players, Fernando Tatis, Bryce Harper, even Juan Soto, none of them got towards the postseason. The only one that got close was maybe Bryce Harper. Fernando Tatis and the Padres. He had a good first half, didn't have that good of a second half. New nope. Phillies are in a division where they could have won it, but, I mean, they... They're the Phillies. They're the Phillies. They're the Phillies do what Phillies do. Nationals, terrible season. I think 69 wins is what they finished with. <laughs> I mean, just didn't even finish with 70 wins. That's tough. Juan Soto is my MVP, no less. Get towards the Cy Young. That's spelled C-Y, Cy, Y-O-U-N-G. Well, I don't mm-hmm. know if you... I didn't know that, no. Okay. Cy Young Award winners. Uh, We'll start in the AL. I think this is a clear-cut winner. Robbie Ray has had an outstanding season, an exceptional season. 284 earned run average, 104 whip. 248 strikeouts, high strikeout numbers. Low walks, again, just like Shohei Otani with the MVP. 52 walks for Robbie Ray and 193 innings pitched. Guy who has been able to stay healthy all season, keep the Toronto Blue Jays in the mix, and someone who... Has really control. He has exceptional control of his fastball and all of his arsenal, really. But the thing that really stands out to me is this 248 strikeout number. I mean, yeah. to in order to win a Cy Young, you have to have exceptional strikeout numbers, mm-hmm. and we'll see that especially on the NL side. But Robbie Ray, I think, has run away with the Cy Young award on the AL side of things. Flipping over to the other side, the NL. 
this is where things also get a little more sketchy because you mm-hmm. don't. It could go really one of it's kind of a toss up, two ways, or even three. It is kind of a toss up, kind of a flip the coin type. It's it's more of a judgment call at this point because these three names are exceptionally talented, and two of them are in the postseason. Where should I start? Let's start with my third candidate. I'll, I'll build up. We'll start with Zach Wheeler, a two seven eight earned run average. 247 strikeouts, one shy of Robbie Ray, the AL Cy Young Award winner. In 213 innings pitched, his war, 7.8 wins above replacement, was second in all of baseball to Shohei Otani. Phillies didn't get into the postseason, however. I think that does play a factor. You can't argue that it doesn't, at least in the past. So I think that maybe that'll play some sort of a role in who's going to be the Cy Young in the NL side of things. And I said I was going to build up. I'm just going to mention these two names at the same time. I'll give my pick after I, I mention all of these names. We'll start uh, with these two names. We'll just go with uh, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, an 11-5 record, 2-4-3 earned run average, the league best, best in the NL. A .94 whip, incredibly impressive to be under one. Mm-hmm. Incredibly impressive, not to mention 234 strikeouts. To complement all those numbers in 167 innings pitched. Impressive numbers. Maybe could have some better win numbers, win totals, but that's more of a team stat, I think. And then Max Scherzer is the other candidate. It would be his fourth Cy Young. I mean, everybody knows this name. Was traded to the Dodgers because the, the, you know, the rich get richer. But he was traded to the Dodgers midway through the season with Trey Turner. Has had an exceptional season overall between the two teams the Nationals and the Dodgers, 15-4 and four record. Very impressive. 2-4-6 earned run average, just .03 off the league best of Corbin Burns at 2-4-3. And then a .86 whip. I said it was impressive to be under one. He's under .9. Impressive year for Max Scherzer, not to mention that he only complements those stats with 236 strikeouts and 179 innings pitched. Corbin's had an exceptional year. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are billing Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers to be the Cy Young Award winner. My argument when it's a close race like this, is it going to be big market or small market? Almost always big. Almost always big in any situation. You could argue the 2011 MVP race, again, I use this as kind of like a default race because there's so many factors that played into it. That was big market, small market, Matt Mm -hmm. Kemp of the Dodgers, Ryan Braun of the Brewers. Almost the same type of idea here, but I think Max Scherzer's numbers are just a little bit more impressive. Corbin does have a league-best earned run average, but think about how close Max Scherzer was. I mean, it's not like the guy has a 3-1-4 earned run. I mean, he is right on his tail. Right. Not to mention he has two more strikeouts and a very low whip, very low walks and hits per innings pitched. Especially considering how many additional innings pitched Scherzer has. Yep, he has been able to pitch almost 180 innings. You could argue that that sways in Corbin's uh, a favor because he has so many strikeouts in a reduced amount of innings. That's true. That's true. But also, you got to think, Max Scherzer has probably stayed in games longer. But I think Corbin Burns, under the Milwaukee Brewers and Craig Council scheme of things, is have your starter go five, six, maybe seven innings typically. Max Scherzer is a guy who typically, on, on average, goes like seven, eight, even nine innings. Mm-hmm. Per so that's... Another reason why those innings are up. It's kind of like, I guess, perspective on the innings pitch then because you could say one one side or the other. You could say Scherzer's more impressive because he's been able to keep those stats up for more innings. That's true. But then you can also say Burns has put the stats up with less innings. So you can kind of, that's depends on what fence you're on. I also make that argument, I think, with the rookie of the year coming up too. So that is a good point. It's your perspective on the amount of time played. Mm -hmm. Overall, well, I'm going to give it to Max Scherzer. I think Max Scherzer has been the Cy Young candidate. Listen, he's won three of them before. Yeah. He's been there. He knows. He knows the deal, and I get it that that doesn't mean he's going to get a fourth, but I'm making that point because, I mean, this is who baseball writers align with. I mean, this is Max Scherzer. This is Max Scherzer. First ballot Hall of Famer, a guy who has won a World Series before, who has made postseason runs before. He is a guy that is so incredibly valuable to a team, and especially a Dodgers team who is now in the postseason. I'm going to give it to Max Scherzer. Sorry, Brewers fans. Rookie of the year. Interesting because a lot of names will start in the AL. A lot of big outlets 
CBS and ESPN, just looking at some of their predictions, they give it to Randy Arozarena, the left fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to argue against that. I don't think he's going to. He, I don't think he should win. And granted, this is another sort of who got into the playoff, but I think that plays less of a role. I'll explain that in a minute. Randy Arozarena batted 274 this year, 94 runs scored, 20 home runs, and 69 runs batted in, as well as 20 stolen bases. I don't think he should be the rookie of the year. It's certainly valid numbers. Mm-hmm. certainly has the name power after the impact he had last postseason. I'm going to argue against him, though. I think Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers should be the rookie of the year. 243 batting average, significantly lower than a Rosarena. Mm-hmm. 77 runs, lower than a Rosarena. 31 home runs, 90 runs batted in. And then complement that with 16 stolen bases, which is right on par mm-hmm. with a Rosarena. More impressive numbers. So I thought this is such a close race. Tony G does his homework. I'm going to look into certain deeper stats. I found out that the total bases this year, Arosa Reyna, 243, Adolis, 264. Adolis has played in eight more games, 149, compared to the 141 of Arosa Reyna. I think Adolis is more impressive because I see him as more of a run producer. Mm-hmm. I don't think... And I mentioned earlier that I don't think the rookie of the year is really dependent on which team makes the playoffs like an MVP or Cy Young would be because a rookie doesn't have that big of an impact on deciding if a team... It's If you get into the postseason, it's going to be because of your starters. It's going to be because of your starting pitchers. It's going to be because of your bullpen. It's going to be because of your three, Usually. four, and hitter guys. It's not typically a rookie thing. Usually, now, they like, can play a huge impact on it. Yeah, yeah. They, they play a role, but they're not like a... Deciding it, factor exactly. normally that yep you know there's some outliers. It's but. The, the NL side is very equivalent with that idea. I think I'm going to give it to Adolis Garcia. I just see him as more of a run producer this season. I think Randy Rosarena, in the scope of things, will probably get it with the baseball writers because he's a bigger name, had a mm-hmm. more successful postseason last postseason, and he is in the postseason again. So there's probably things aiming towards the Rosarena. But again, throughout the course of this show, I have just made the argument that Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers. I think I might name my kid Adolis. Adolis Giordana. Adolis. Adolis G. Adolis G. <laughs> <laughs> NL sign of the Rookie of the Year. Clear-cut winner Jonathan India, second baseman of the Cincinnati Reds. Had a phenomenal year. 269 batting average, 98 runs batted in. Or, excuse me, 98 runs scored, 69 runs batted in. On par with a Rosarena. Both of them 69 runs batted in. 21 home runs for India, 12 stolen bases as well. I see him as a clear cut. I don't think there was too many names that had Closer. as big of a year mm-hmm. as Jonathan India. I think it's going to be a clear cut winner there. Manager of the year. We'll start in the AL. This is a close race, but one team got into the postseason, the other one didn't. The manager who got their team into the postseason was Kevin Cash of the Rays, finished 162, won a very competitive. American League East, he's going to be the manager of the year. But I want to make a case for Scott Cervais, the manager of the Seattle Mariners. Had his team finish 90-72, and 72, second in the American League West. He had less talent, and he still had his team fighting for a postseason spot on the last day. I couldn't tell you, one, off the top of my head, Will, I couldn't tell you one starting pitcher <laughs> for the Seattle Mariners, and yet they were right in the mix. 90 wins is impressive. That's it's yeah. It's not fantastic, but it's certainly above 500. Well, see, here's the thing: they didn't not get into the postseason because of themselves. I mentioned the very competitive American League East that had three teams in the postseason: the Rays yeah. and then the Yankees, Red Sox tonight in the wild, wild card. So they had the two wild card spots. No one else could. You were either going to win the division or you weren't going to get in. Right. Granted, the wild card race did come down to the last day, but we all had a feeling of who it was going to be. Either way, one manager is in the postseason, one isn't. Kevin Cash, my AL Manager of the Year. National League Manager of the Year. Tough, man, because Craig Council is going to get snuffed out again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy doesn't have a Manager of the Year award, but he has now gotten the Brewers to the postseason in like 15 straight years. That's well, and he's been like, like up four. for this award, and he's just been like a hair away from it. Exactly. Like the last like couple times. Exactly. You are completely right, Will. And it's tough because he just gets beat out by managers who had a little bit more successful years. And this year it's going to be Gabe Kapler, the 107-win team. The San Francisco Giants 
107.55. Gabe Kapler had an outstanding year in San Francisco, mm-hmm. a year when nobody thought San Francisco was going to compete, and they had 107 wins. What? Incredible. Incredible year. Brewers at 95 and 67. I think the one thing that really also hurts Council's campaign for manager of the year was the terrible finish to the season for the Milwaukee Brewers. Lost 10 out of 14 games to yeah, Rondo the year. It rough. seemed like they clinched and everybody just lost focus. Mm-hmm. A player went and punched a wall because <laughs> they partied because they, party they clinched. And now all of a sudden they think they're, you know, it's time to. Yeah, time to kick her in gear here. Going well. I had this argument. I got I all mad and heated. Last Thursday show, don't get me going again. And our manager of the year is Gabe Kampler. Let's switch over to the bracket. I like the pace of this first segment. I mean, mm-hmm. we're cooking right along. We're moving. Let's start with the bracket. I want to go over my postseason predictions. The bracket on the AL side of things tonight will be kicked off with the AL wildcard Red Sox-Yankees. One game playoff. Then tomorrow will be Dodgers-Cardinals. I mean, I just can't help yeah. but smile and get excited because it's postseason baseball. Predictions, Tony. Let's go. Right now for wild card. Mm. Tonight, tonight, Yankees Red Sox, Garrett Cole, Nathan Evaldi. Huh. This is a good game. That's good. I don't even know what to say. It's hard to lean one way or the other. It's going to be in Boston. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man! Oh, man! Oh, man! That's tough. I mean, it is so tough because they're both great teams. They're mm-hmm. both talented. They both have pitching, especially tonight. 50-50 shot, Tony. Mm. I think if it comes down, oh, man, if it comes down to a bullpen game, I'm going to give it to the Yankees. Okay. But if it comes down to getting the starting pitcher out of the game first, I think I'd give it to the Red Sox. Kind of dependent on how the game goes uh, then. Maybe I'd give it to the Yankees too because, oh, my God, it's just two talented lineups. Yeah. It's hard to make a prediction, man. Whatever team plays the best as a unit. Yeah. I think, you know what? It's in Boston. That's an unreal postseason atmosphere. I'm going to give it to the Red Sox tonight just because of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. NL wild card, Dodgers, Cardinals. That's in L.A. Let's go Cardinals. I like the Cardinals. <laughs> See, it's... Wouldn't that be something? It's tough because I don't want either of these teams in the playoffs. No, me either. Tired of the Dodgers, tired of the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a team that could wipe the floor if they get into the postseason. I mean, they are. Yeah, that's true. They are red hot, and they are a postseason team. I mean, the Cardinals are just always. They're like built that. like that. I mean, if they get in, there's a good chance they get to the World Series. I mean, they are a great team when it comes to postseason and playing when they have to. Adam Wainwright, I th- think they're going to go with Max Scherzer or Walker Bueller. As of right now, I don't know. Hmm. In L.A., I'm going to go Cardinals. I'm going to go Cardinals. All right. Wow, wouldn't That's that be an upset? Yeah, that the would. The 2020 World Series Dodgers losing in the wild card. A team that had 106 wins, by the way. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a team that just scraped into the wild card. No. 106, yeah, and they're in the wild card. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's bogus. Yeah. Whatever. I'd love to see it. <laughs> as long as it's not the Brewers. Uh, yeah, I'm not against it either. No biased. None whatsoever. No bias involved, yeah. yeah. Nope. I'm also going to, after that, okay, so Red Sox, Cardinals. Red Sox will go on to play the Tampa Bay Rays. Cardinals will go on to play the Giants. If you're right. If I'm right. Again, this is my prediction, so I'm just going to keep building off of that. Mm -hmm. I do have some statistics. I mean, goodness gracious, Will, Tony G does his homework. I know. I found chances of winning the World Series. Tampa Bay Rays have the highest chance, the highest percentage to win the World Series out of any team in in the postseason. A 16.5% chance for the Rays to win the World Series. Behind them is the Braves at 14.2. Don't know who calculated that. (laughs) Then the Giants, then the Dodgers, Astros, Brewers, White Sox, Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because the bracket does, or the percentages does not display our feelings about the Cardinals at all. Absolutely not. At all. Red hot. I don't think that's taken into consideration how red hot the Cardinals absolutely are. And Braves. Second over Giants and both Dodgers? I don't like that. Yeah, interesting. So let's continue with the predictions here. ALDS, Rays, Red Sox. Hmm. I tell you what, Will. I like the way Kevin Cash manages his games. I think it cost him a World Series last year, Mm -hmm. obviously. We argued on that for the Tony G Show Season 5. Season 5. 
five. I yeah. don't know. We've had so many of them. I just it just get lost in the mix. Yeah, I think it was five. It was either five or six. It was five. Anyways. Anyways, I like the way Kevin Cash manages his games, manages his starting rotation, manages. I mean, he uses guys off the bench at a pace and. It's just advanced level, the way he manages his ball club. I like the way the Tampa Bay Rays look and stack up in this series. I'm going to give it to them. The other side, so they're going to go to the ALCS, the Tampa Bay Rays. They will play Sox, Astros. That's who's going to be in the other ALDS. I think for an extended series like this, ooh, man, I don't know. I like the way Dusty Baker... Manages games too for Houston. You're shaking your head at me, Will. Do I do it? Yeah, I think you should have them go to the uh, World Series to get four owed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the Houston Astros. I like the way. Oh my goodness! You know, I just I don't know. I keep going back. What I have? I know. I've made my prediction. Go with before. your gut. Go with your gut. I'm gonna go Astros. Okay. I like. They're both two experienced managers, Tony La Russa mm-hmm. and Dusty Baker. I'm gonna give it to the Astros. So Astros Rays ALCS. I see I really do see the Rays getting back to the World Series. I'm going to go with the Rays. Hopefully that prediction isn't uh garbage. <laughs> <laughs> just like the rest of them. Oh, garbage can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like what you're doing. Yeah, I just Yeah, okay. I just made fun <laughs> of myself and my predictions because I thought that's the direction you were going. It was no. wrong. I did mention the Cardinals were gonna win in the wild card and you go to play the Giants. They'll be facing, yeah. See, that's a giant of an opponent. <laughs> you are full of jokes. Getting today. out, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> out of the studio. Two minutes walk to the ocean. Did you say to the ocean? I did. It's a joke from another oh, sports talk okay. radio show that okay. I okay. Uh, a fan of. It's no longer on the air. Cardinals, Giants. I think the Cardinals are red hot. I think if they win this series in the NLDS, they could go to the World Series. Plus, like, in the postseason, 107 wins doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it's irrelevant. It, it is, is irrelevant. irrelevant. Everybody's batting average goes back to zero. Everybody's record goes back to zero. Let's duke it out and get to a World Series. I say Cardinals win the wild card. Cardinals win the NLDS. Cardinals win the NLCS and go to the World Series. I think we have a raised Cardinals World Series on our hands. Brewers are going to win the NLDS, back on wood, of course, and go to the NLCS, lose to the Cardinals. Cardinals are going to get to the World Series. Mm. World Series, raised Cardinals. The trajectory of how teams get to a World Series, lose it and get back and win it, it's going to be persistent here. Mm. Royals did it. They lost in the World Series, then yep. they won it. I think the Rays are going to be the World Series champions. I really do. Tampa Bay Rays are going to beat the St. Louis Cardinals six games. That is my World Series champion. I like that. Tampa Bay Rays. Even if they don't play the Cardinals, I think the, the Rays is a good prediction. It yeah. does seem to hold like they make it there, don't quite finish a job, and then kind of make that push again. Come back hungry and, mm-hmm. and get back. So that is my predictions. Well, you like them? Yeah, I love it. Okay, good. And now that we've satisfied the millions of people who have been asking to hear mm-hmm. from that, you know, just, Literally millions. <laughs> worldwide. Get tired of it. People are like, why isn't Tony G giving his prediction? Mm-hmm. So that was our predictions. Uh, yeah. You ready to talk about the fun stuff, Will? Oh, I'm ready. I mean, not that that wasn't fun. But no, this is this is, is this is some good stuff. This is a little bit of a switch. This is something we can get some banter going in. Like, mm-hmm. Really, hey. I want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this happened before the weekend that I had them on this slate. I started drawing up this template after Thursday night football because I thought, you know, th- they were on Thursday night football, and I want to draw up something that talks about the Jacksonville Jaguars and what's going on in Jacksonville. And then the weekend happened. Wow. And then it, it, it was meant up. to be that they get talk about on yeah. the Tony G show today. We'll get to the off the field stuff after we get to the on the field stuff. On the field stuff. It's interesting to see Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, two talented guys at their positions and two respected guys for as young as Trevor Lawrence is and for as much experience as Urban Meyer has to come to Jacksonville and both struggle the way that they have. It's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Both had success in college. The thing with Urban is he's a bit of an older coach. Okay, and so his experience in college is ultimately what led him to get this job, obviously. His success at Ohio State, his success at Florida, his success elsewhere is a, I mean, this is, he's a multi-time national champion. This is what got him the job at Jacksonville. 
and this is why he's having such a struggle with it, is he doesn't have that experience at the NFL level. You can't expect him to just come in and all of a sudden assume the role and start to flip around this franchise in Jacksonville. I mean, it's it's different from a Cliff Kingsbury switching into the professional ranks. It's different from a Lincoln Riley staying in the college ranks because there's just such a gap between the two. Saturday players are not necessarily Sunday players. Saturday coaches, that mantra is still true, the same thing here. Saturday coaches aren't necessarily Sunday coaches. It mm-hmm. takes a little bit to get into it. It's so much different, though, than Cliff Kingsbury because Urban Meyer has kind of come in and, like, he's completely, it just seems like he's lost. I mean, like he, like I said, and I've said this on the Tony G Show before, he was quoted by saying, it's like playing Alabama every week. Mm-hmm. Like, you get this sense, there's this overwhelming sense in Jacksonville that they are in over their head. That yeah. Urban Meyer is not used to this, that Trevor no. Lawrence is not used to this, and they're thinking that this is a lot harder than they would expect it to be. It's interesting, Seth. When did we talk about that quote about, like, playing Alabama every week? Because I don't remember. To me, it, it should be like, well, yeah, no kidding. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, of course it is. That's the point. I guess I didn't think of it back then, but that's kind of an alarming thing for your head coach to just not realize <laughs> yeah. or to, like, mention that he just, you know, this thought popped into his head, like, oh, it's kind of like playing Alabama. Whenever, I don't know when he was quoted on saying that, but... That. Probably after the first game, second game. Should be common sense. Where he got some time under his belt and he was like, oh man, this is hard. Yeah, (laughs) this is not easy. So the argument I want to propose here is that I would much rather prefer a head coach to flip around a program or an organization like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Program wasn't the right word to use there. Organization like the Jaguars. I would much rather have an experienced coach. Someone who has had some time in the lower ranks in the NFL. A quarterback's coach here, a wide receiver's coach here a defensive coordinator here, and then assume the role of a head coach because he knows the speed of the game. He knows how to talk to these players on a professional level. I mean, this isn't college. No, Urban Meyer was a great scout. Mm -hmm. He was a great recruiter. Mm -hmm. So that's primarily why he had, especially Ohio State, so competitive so early. And, like, it's not the same thing in the profession. It's just it's two completely different worlds. Outside of the field of stuff we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Right now, does this, his time in the NFL, is this tainting his legacy? I th- because it's different, with but me, with, you, you have to talk about it. With me, Will, I think his legacy has already been tainted on a few different occasions. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it relates to off-the-field stuff. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to say, like keeping that aside, because yeah. it's almost impossible to not include that in the discussion, but what? purely on a competitive level. Okay, what do you think? on-the-field stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No. Just looking at on the field, I mean, he's a multi-time national champion. Flipped around Florida and Ohio State. Yeah. Made him completely competitive organizations and programs. No. Yeah, off, you can't take away But the thing that, that I think about when I think of Urban Meyer is how all of a sudden there's a scandal at Florida and he has health issues and he retires. Oh, wait, there's a new job opportunity. Someone else forgot about this scandal that just went on. Now I'm going to assume it. Right. And I'm not making fun of his health issues or anything like that. No. But it seems like there's a scandal at Ohio State. Now I have health issues. Now I'm going to step down from the program. Ryan Day's going to take over. Now, oh, wait. I have an opportunity to go coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What happened to that health opportunity or that health scare? Yeah, that's true. You know, it's just it's something that I think is a little fishy. Mm-hmm. There's, and I'm not afraid to say that. No. You know, I don't. I take health issues seriously. Yes. But it's just fishy to me, and I'm not afraid to say that. There's no way. I mean, you step down from a program, claiming health issues is why you're going to step down. And then you assume another if – if your health issues are that concerning to you that you have to step down to, from a program, then you're done coaching. Yeah. Then you are done coaching. Well, especially that there's a pattern emerging. Exactly. That's a great point. It's just that that's something you can't ignore. I mean, the fact that this has happened before. And, and again, we could be totally wrong. I mean, if health issues comes up in Jacksonville and he's going to step down after this year, I am fully out on Urban. Mm-hmm. I am so done with it. I'm not even going to buy it. And I'll talk about it when it happens, if it happens, on the Tony G Show. Th- I will so, blast him. So you think he was a mistake being hired? In Jacksonville? Yes, I do. Do you feel like it was more of like a, let's go get a big name than maybe the right coach for this team right now? Yes. Yes, it was. Absolutely it was. Packers didn't go out and get Lincoln Riley because no. he was a big name. That probably wouldn't have worked out now that I can make this argument and sit back and look at the success Matt LaFleur had. Which on this note, let's bring up examples of players who, or excuse me, of coaches who started in the lower ranks of the NFL and worked their way up to become head coaches and had success. LaFleur is one of them. 
Mm-hmm. McVeigh, another one. Coming from that same tree, Shanahan. Yep. Even older guys, Andy Reid, John Gruden, they came from the Green Bay Packers that 96 year they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Even a guy like Bruce Arians. I mean, these are guys who have worked their way up the ladder, get the speed of the game, understand professionals, understand Sunday players. You can't just go out and get a big name and expect everything to just set itself in no. place. The NFL is like, it's a different breed. Yeah. It is a different breed. I mean, in the perfect anecdote to fit right in with this argument, Will, remember how Urban Meyer went out and signed Tim Tebow? Yeah. To be the tight end? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that was obviously something that because of the huge close connection between Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer. Granted, Urban Meyer did release Tim Tebow after a preseason game. But that was just a complete occurrence of not understanding that it's the professional level of football. You can't just hire anybody, throw them in a tight end, and expect that it's going to work. Like that's Maybe that's something that works at Ohio State. That's not something that works in the right. NFL. Like that's just dumb. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you, that's you, charity work. You, you that's wonder, giving yeah. Tim Tebow. You wonder if that's a, a symptom of being a college coach for so long as you can kind of like, they think they can have like this kind of like, well, we could take a total shot in the dark on this like random, you know, because yes. it's like if it doesn't work out, they've got six other five-star recruits just sitting behind them and they're hungry to play. Exactly. And I understand these NFL players are hungry too, but they need to be like on a different level. Yeah. Like they can't rely spe- like solely on their physical ability. This is like a yes. lifetime dedicated to being the best at what they do. And obviously, collegiate athletes do the same thing. They dedicate their whole life to it, but this is like their entire life. It's just a different game. They, the look of Jacksonville right now, this is a perfect segue, Will, so get ready. Mm-hmm. They just look bad and unprepared. Yeah. Speaking of bad looks, Will, how about what happened over the weekend with Urban Meyer? Oh, boy. Here's the situation that what, of what went down. Urban Meyer was videotaped at what looked like a bar or a party of some sort. And he was sitting on a stool mm-hmm. at a bar, mm-hmm. not facing the bar, but facing outward from the bar. And there was a woman dancing on his lap in a very Scandi type of way. I mean, yeah. this is obviously... No with, bueno. No. There was not obviously good. some... What's the right word I'm looking for? A presence of sexual intimacy between these two people. Yes. I'm not saying that they went on and no. had a night with each other, but there was obviously some sort of connection there. Mm-hmm. Granted, no, actually not granted. This is just another point to <laughs> prove here. <laughs> Urban Meyer is married. He's been married to Shelly Meyer since mm-hmm. 1986. That's 35 years, and they have three kids together. The woman dancing on Urban Meyer's lap was not Shelly Meyer. Was not yeah. his wife. It's not a solid look. And this is more than just a, oh, coach is a player. He's getting his groove on mm-hmm. at some weekend party. This has actually had a lot of reverberations for the first time NFL head coach. This is bad. This is a bad situation. Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, said, and I quote, I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable, close quote. It's a good quote. Not, it's a great quote. Yeah. And it's exactly because it's holding him accountable. Mm-hmm. And Shad Khan, the owner, is not the only one holding him accountable. It's the fan base. It's the players. It's everybody in the organization. Because Meyer reportedly met with players to discuss this incident in groups, not as a team. Hmm. Interesting. There were some certain sources, and I got this uh, most of this information from The Score, the news outlet The Score. And... Their piece that they put out said that there was someone who, within the organization, didn't specify who, said that he was too scared to face the team as a group and discuss it. So he met with them in groups. There have been other reports that he is quickly, and I do mean quickly, losing credibility in this organization. I understand like being afraid to like meet with the team, Yeah, but that's your team. Yep. If you're afraid to meet with them all, then maybe you shouldn't be in charge of them. But then that also brings up the other question. Is there another reason why that they want to meet in small groups? Is there a certain group of people that know other stuff? And this is pure speculation. It, it's very alarming. It is alarming. And and spooky it, start. You know, it just it's bad luck after bad luck after bad luck for Urban Meyer. You pair this up with the other off the field issues. I don't even issues. know if you call it luck, just choices. It, that's personality characteristics i mean these are just starting to come in question Mm -hmm. of urban meyer 
and his coaching ability, especially at the NFL level. I mean, he is losing credibility and confidence among other players. Oh boy, at an incredible rate. Yeah, it's being it's almost exponential at this point, where yeah. it's just starting to just, increase at a ridiculous rate, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to predict Will that Urban's going to be out after this year. You think so? I think you think so. he'll make the full year? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do. I think Urban's going to be gone after this year. I don't know if it's going to be another health concern issue. I don't know if the Jaguars are going to fire him. I don't know if he's going to step down and say that he just this wasn't the right fit for him. I don't know what the case is going to be, but I don't think he's going to spend 2022 in Jacksonville. So do you think, because obviously Trevor Lawrence isn't having the greatest year. Yep. Is this a Lawrence problem? Is this an Urban Meyer problem? Because... We really can't. I mean, we haven't seen good play out of Trevor Lawrence yet, but also he's played four games in the NFL, and that's like it's interesting because it's decision making that it's going wrong so far with mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, and he looks like he's way in over his head too. That's what I've noticed. It seems like he's, it's like, and I'm not saying this. I'm not accusing him of him, but it seems like on the surface that he's relying on like those like you can just improvise in college and kind of get away yeah. with some like broken plays and just make some, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. No, you, you can get away with these like broken passes that just go across the field to some random open receiver and yeah. NFL cornerbacks, man, they prey on that. Yes. They prey on I that. I mean, you're not playing unranked Virginia Mm-mm. every week. I mean, this isn't the same thing. This isn't your ACC matchup. Mm-hmm. This is the NFL. Yeah. Son. All right. <laughs> I mean, this is just a completely different level. Mm-hmm. Here's what I will say in his favor though. I think it's a head coach thing because Urban, like I said, like we've been arguing, he looks like he's weighing over his head too. And if you look at Sam Darnold in Carolina this year, yeah, you know the second the second Sam Darnold got out from underneath Adam Gase, mm-hmm. look at what he's turned into. Oh yeah, an MVP candidate through the first four games. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, literally, literally. yeah. So I, I think it might be the same situation. You get Trevor Lawrence, a offensive minded coach. You get him a Matt Lafleur. You get him somebody a experienced, Kingsbury, someone who knows the NFL level. Doesn't even need to be somebody who's going to be like a crazy good winner. But just you don't need Andy Reid, no, no. But Urban Meyer, I don't think this is a fit that's going to last. Jacksonville is doomed this year. They are doomed. They're not. But you know the thing with Jacksonville is that they're not satisfied with one and zero. Oh, poor Jacksonville. Poor Jacksonville. <laughs> the story behind that is they win Week One last year. Week One they went one and zero. Mm-hmm. Lost 15 straight that season. Finished one and 15. Got the number one overall pick. But they they posted on Twitter. Correct. Yeah, I forgot to leave that out. They did post on Twitter a video of them celebrating and talking like, yeah, we're gonna make a run for the postseason. At one and zero. We're not satisfied with one and zero. They said that was a caption. Lost 15 straight games. Got the number one pick. <laughs> drafted Trevor Lawrence. Signed Urban Meyer to be their head coach. Lost the first four games this year. So they're not satisfied with one and all, but they have lost 19 consecutive games. Well, we'll see how this pans out. <laughs> Simple and sweet from Will McCormick. We'll see how this goes. I tell you how it'll go. Not good. Speaking of not good, how about my season with Tony G picks of the week this year? Hey, you know what? It wasn't the worst week. No, I I came into last week, and we're gonna do another set of Tony G picks of the week. So stay tuned because mm-hmm. there's no show Thursday. Remember. Came into last week, week four in the NFL, with a 6-9 and nine record overall. Thursday night, Jaguars-Bengals, I said Bengals, 31-10. They got the win, 24-21. Off to the right start. Sunday noon game, Panthers 3-0 at Cowboys 2-1. I said Cowboys, 36-28. They got the win. Off to the right start, 2-0. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm red hot. We're moving. Sunday afternoon game, 3-0 Cardinals in 3-0 Los Angeles to play the Rams. Listen, I love Kyler Murray, and he showed out. I said the Rams were the best team in the NFL. I said Rams are going to win by seven. Cardinals got the win by 17 points. Three-possession win for Arizona. They're now 4-0, and all, the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. They're dangerous. Yeah. Remember when we had that discussion, and I said, Cardinals are going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, and I kind of thought the Rams were going to be that that towering team mm-hmm. where it's just like there's no way to beat them, but... Nope. Hey, there, there they go. Mm-hmm. Losing, and... Uh, giving me my first loss of the week in Tony G's Picks of the Week. Sunday night, Buccaneers-Patriots. Really good game. Mm-hmm. Really good game. Came down to the wired Mac Jones. Played his heart out. This was the whole Tom Brady returning to New England, playing Bill Belichick, and beating the uh, Patriots, which is what he actually ended up doing. Buccaneers got the win, as I predicted. 19-17 victory. 3-1 and one so far in Tony G's Picks of the Week. You get to Monday Night Football. Yeah. 
Remember last Thursday, we had the first quarterback spotlight with yeah. Derek Carr. Yeah. And I just completely bought into the Raiders and Derek Carr. So they're a great team. They're going to win again on Monday night. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, they look bad. They look real bad. <laughs> look, that was bad. Real bad. I mean, the play calls. It's like first and 10, two-yard run. Yeah. Second and eight, run, stopped at the line of scrimmage. Now you got third and eight. You pass for two, four yards, a check down pass. Now you don't get the – what are we doing? Whatever. They mm-hmm. get the loss. I didn't predict that. So I was 3-2 and two last week at Tony G's Picks of the Week. Brings my season total to 9-11. and 11. All right. My overall record in my career, Will, mm-hmm. now at 80 wins. 80 wins, all right. 80-57 and 57 coming into this week. Now remember, Will, before we get into Tony G's Picks of the Week, Picks of Week 5, mm-hmm. Will, you know how I pick one from every time slot. There's an 8.30 game coming up. So Ooh. we get six of them. We get six? All right. We get right. six of them this week. Big week. If I I mean, 6-0 and all will. 15-11. That'd, that'd be amazing. changes the season. That'd be amazing. But there's some tough games on the schedule, man. Yeah. I, I could go either way on a few of them. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Tony G's picks of week five. Nine and eleven this season in Tony G's picks of the week. I now have eighty victories in my career. Eighty and fifty-seven. Stop your applause, please. I thank you for them, but I don't need them. Um, There's no awards anyway, so you didn't clap. Well. Huh? I'm not gonna clap. Okay, forget you then. Thursday night football. Rams three and one. Seahawks two and two. Good game. Rams are the two and a half point favorites. Coming off a loss at home, the Rams are. They're gonna be a little. I think. Hungry for a victory, but also reeling from a loss that they didn't expect. And I mean, a 17-point loss in a game they expected to compete in. It's a butt kicking. I, yeah, they're going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit slow in this game. Seahawks, tough place to play in Seattle. I'm going to give it to the Seahawks at home. 30, I like that 35. pick. I do. That's yeah. kind of a gritty win for the for the Seahawks to take. This, and that's something that they would just, for some reason, they'll win that game. Absolutely. I mean, these are the type of games that the Seattle Seahawks win mm-hmm. year after year. They yep. keep them right in the mix. Yep. It's it's just what they do. Seahawks at home, 38-35. Sunday, 8-30 game. Sunday morning game. New York Jets, 1-3 at the uh, Atlanta Falcons, 1-3. Wow, I mean, they just could not pick any more of a barn burner. <laughs> a burn <laughs> burner. <laughs> for, their eight, for their Sunday morning game. I mean, you want to watch paint dry? Watch the Jets and Falcons go at it. Jets are three-point favorites. <laughs> Look at my notes here, Will. Bad team, bad team. <laughs> All right. I do like what I saw from Zach Wilson this week. I think there's strides to be made there. I'm going to give it to the Jets. Toss-up game. Just a toss-up game. 21-13 Jets victory. All right. All right. Sunday noon game. Saints 2-2. Washington football team 2-2. Saints are two-point favorites. Here's the thing with the Saints. Besides that victory against the Packers, which even you could argue is the same category, they are an unproven team. Mm -hmm. They haven't beat good teams. They've had close games with bad teams. Their 2-2 two two record is a little more false than I think people buy into it. I think the Washington football team at home, I like their defense, even though they've been exposed in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I think a close victory for the football team at home, 31-27. Following me with the first three, Seahawks, Jets, football team. Back three, Sunday afternoon game. Browns 3-1, and one, Chargers 3-1. and one. This is going to be a good game. Chargers impressed me on Monday Night Football. Their defense looks good. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a bad matchup for the Browns. They don't do really well with pressure, and that's what the Chargers really supply in the pocket. And I mention this every time I pick a Chargers game when they're at home, besides last Monday Night Football. Teams don't do good against that Charger defense when they head into Los Angeles and play them. I'm going to go with Chargers 38-28. Ooh, okay. What do you think of that? Yeah, take that. Sunday Night Football. Bills 3-1, and one, Chiefs 2-2. Two and two. Chiefs are three-point favorites. Really? Yeah, it's surprising me too. Chiefs haven't impressed this year. Their defense is garbage. It's bad. It's bad. But here's the thing. They've had close games with good football teams. I mean, they've played. They've been battle-tested. Mm-hmm. Bills have played all bad teams so far. That's a very good point. That Their 3-1 record is a little bit faulty. Mm-hmm. What do you say I go Chiefs at home 45-35? High-scoring game. Yeah. Sunday Night Football. It's going to be. Chiefs defense is not that good, as we mentioned. Monday Night Football, uh, Colts 1-3 just got their first win of the season in Week 4. Ravens at 3-1. Ravens are touchdown favorites, 7-point favorites. 
Ravens in a blowout 41-10. Yeah, not that's not even close. Come on, no. There are my picks. Picks of week five. I'm 9-11 coming into this week. Seahawks, Jets, football team, Chargers, Chiefs, Ravens. Some tough picks in there. It is. I And I say this year after year. I always go for the t- I don't go mm-hmm. for the gimmies. No. I go for the tough ones. I go for the teams with the same record. I go for teams who are good at home and good on the road and clash. I try to make it tough on myself. And yet, here I am, 9-11, 80-57. Kind of happy to have the 8-30 game back. That's fun. It is. I like that. They're going to start doing that more and more now. Yeah, that's because I played soccer, grew up playing soccer. I, oh, sure. I used to watching soccer games early in the morning. That's It's fun to have some sports on right away. See, but here's the thing. Now you got football all day Sunday. When do I go to church? That's true. <laughs> when do I fit that in? I mean, you could go during that game because it's going to be terrible. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> Jets, Falcons, who picked? Who's like, you know what? Let's pick uh, Jets, Falcons to go to London. And... I don't like your pick on that one, but... You like you like Falcons? Uh, I think the Falcons are going to just walk them. Okay. I'll remember that. I'll note that. I'm yeah. going to write that down here. That gonna... do... What a show we had. Yeah, it was fun. What do you think, Urban Meyer? Did you like today's show? We'll get him on the show. <laughs> Tony, that would set us over the top. <laughs> Tony G Show sh- interviews Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. <laughs> Come on. I'll reach out to him after the show today. I'll send him a text. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, man. Have a wow. good long break. You too. Looking forward to the interview dropping. Yes. Don't forget, Tim Coggins tomorrow. Huge interview. Huge. Just an absolutely phenomenal interview. The stories he told us, Will, exceptional. Like, we, when we say it's jam-packed, I mean, there's not much filler no. discussion in there. Nope. That is full of stories. Yep. Full of just, wow, riveting information. It's, it's cool. A, it's a great interview. And especially coming before the season starts, we interviewed him last Friday. And their practice schedule started yesterday on Monday. So we got him right in time for the season. And he just previews, not the season per se, but just kind of gives a glimpse into his career in, in college hockey and what's made him successful. What It's just where he comes from and his stories, he is just a phenomenal interview. So I hope you enjoy that, Tony G Nation. As for regular episodes of the Tony G Show, we're we're done till next Tuesday. Yep. We're not going to have a Thursday show. So we'll uh, see you then. Another, we'll update you on the 620G show picks of the week. Until then, though, I mean, have a good one. I'll miss you. I mean, it's like saying goodbye here. We're not mm-hmm. saying goodbye. I'm just saying goodbye for... Well, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This is the Tony G Show. Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 